Yeah. DKM. Oh. Yeah, for real. 2-1-0, Manberg County, you see. Represent Potter's House. All right. Here we go. Yup. Yup. Yeah. All right, welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> That's what we can have Liz here. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I am your host, Luis Perez, a.k.a. Wicho Breach, a.k.a. That Demon Killer, a.k.a. That Scarecrow. And we're back with another episode with my co-host that might stay. It is Jesse. <laughs> and that's all you have Just to Jesse. know. Just Jesse, Jesse, tell her who our sponsors are. Yes, uh, our sponsors this evening is uh, 510 Architecture and Design. Yep. Hernandez Drywall. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. 510 Architecture and Design. Our boy Daniel's got your back. Like chiropractic. <laughs> <laughs> We cannot forget Casey Case, representative from Tennessee, Maine, yeah. and uh, okay, who else? Uh, Hernandez Drywall, of course. Uh, yeah, the and Choosing Hope Foundation, Choosing Hope Foundation, big big sponsor, and of course uh, the Potter's House, House uh, yeah, Universal City, Greater Randolph area, and uh, the Choosing Hope Foundation, of course, big supporter. Um, because uh, it's one of the reasons why we do what we do is to let people know about the work that we do through this foundation, but through the church as well. But, you know, working with parole, with prison ministry, homeless, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, drug recovery, all that stuff that entails working with folks and getting them established and back into society. Um, and so here we are again. Um, uh, this episode of the podcast, we have a, a powerful continual of our last podcast um, uh, episode with Daniel Thornton. We have um, his wife, Miss Candy Thornton, and uh, just another um, powerful, powerful uh, testimony you will come to hear and see and find out. And so just a great privilege to have her here. And so, Miss Candy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for Letting me speak. Yes, we're glad you're here with us. And so um, just want to kick it off, you know, like I, we always do going back into your childhood. Um, I have your list here, but just, uh, uh, just um, you know, tell us what it was, um, uh, you know, uh, being candy uh, growing up. Well, my parents were alcoholics. Okay. So I grew up around alcohol all the time. Uh even my grandparents, same thing. I grew mm -hmm. up out in the country on a farm. Mm. And uh, my dad was really abusive whenever uh, he drank. Okay. He would come home and he would beat my mom up. And I mean, I remember times as young as three years old where he comes home and pushes her into the wall and she wraps him up in a sheet and beats him with a broom because he's drunk. Mm. You know, and finally she left and... Uh, they divorced when I was three, three and a half. Mm -hmm. And then um, <coughs> at four years old, my dad kidnapped me and my three older brothers mm. um, and took us across state lines. He took us to Missouri. We were there for about four months. And his wife that he had married after my mom, she was real mean. Uh, Get closer she, to the mic, Miss Candy, or move the mic closer to you. She was really, uh, really mean, mm -hmm. and she would lock me in the closet, and she wouldn't feed me. She would beat me with a belt. When this my is dad how old are you at this point? I was only uh, four. And this is this is when your your father kidnapped y'all, took your, and that's his girlfriend. Uh, his wife. His wife. Time. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, he married okay. her right after my mom. Did he know about the abuse? Uh, he was drunk a lot, and he would take a lot of pills and okay. stuff. So it was while he was at work mm-hmm. that she was doing this to me and my okay. brothers. So what what was that? I mean, dealing with the watching the the abuse at home, you know, with your mom. Then you know when you were kidnapped. Did you know you were kidnapped, or is that what you know now? No, I, that's what I know now. Okay, and uh, so so you're, you you. It get, was Easter morning. Okay, so you get sequestered. He takes you away. The abuse now. Now you're the focus of the abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you processing this as a child? Uh, I leaned on my brothers a lot. Uh, my brothers are a little, little bit older than me. My uh, there's one that's four years older, one that's six years and seven years older than me. Okay, were they so, there with you? Mm-hmm. At this, okay, so yeah. all of y'all got kidnapped. Yeah, all okay. four of us. It okay. was Easter morning, and he acted like he was taking us for a visit. And okay, took off with us. Okay, and so, and so what? What as as you're enduring this, uh, your your brothers are coping with this as well. Yeah, they're just trying to calm me down because I would scream and cry and. Okay. I mean, I was little. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. I'd just scream for my mom. Uh-huh. And my dad would just leave whenever we'd get too loud or whatever. Yeah. And finally, it was like six months after we were gone, um, they got a tip from actually my dad's brother um, called my mom and said, Frankie's got the kids and they're down in Corpus. Uh-huh. In uh, the Texas Rangers swarmed the place and took us oh wow and my mom put my dad in jail and told him the only way that she'd let him out is if he signed all of his rights that way he could never have anything to do with us anymore because so y'all did. reported missing and everything like mm-hmm. that like billboards yeah. the whole yeah, thing whole I mean, texas yards. rangers mm-hmm. team that's no, big was not yeah. amber alert back then right no it no was, it was I'm, just, I'm older so no so it was, it was just, just missing yeah they said it on the news that we're uh, uh abducted but it wasn't like it was back then it was the what do you call them? The milk cartons. The milk cartons. Yeah, I remember <laughs> yeah. that. I remember. Yeah. What year was this? Around what year? We don't uh, mind saying. Well, I was, I was four. So what? Seventy nine. Okay. Seventy nine. And 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 so uh, I mean, the abuse was it? Um, uh, I mean, did they did they see the effect, the effects of the abuse, the bruising? Oh yeah, I, I mean, was all bruised, <laughs> and I hate to say it, but my mom, uh, when she got a hold of her, she. Mm. Uh, Gave her. Oh yeah. Okay. And my mom was a little bitty thing. I mean, uh-huh. she was only like five foot uh-huh. and hundred pounds. Yeah. And my dad's wife was a bigger woman. Yeah. And my mom picked her up, threw her across the room. I mean, she she laid into her after she got her hands on her. Yeah, yeah. And and so I mean, what did they fall charges on that lady? Yes. Yeah, she was in jail for like I think it was only like six months. My dad made a deal that if he signed his rights off, okay. that they would let them out. Okay. So, okay. So you're growing up, you are exposed to, um, you know, what's the term that we use for that? What was the domestic violence? Yeah. Um, then, you know, the violence gets turned against you. Um, you get rescued by law enforcement and your mom takes you back home. Yeah. She took us back home and uh, we were we were okay. We went to a lot of counseling and stuff. Miss um, Kenny, you need to get close to the mic. Oh, Keep moving away from it. So just move, get comfortable, and then move the mic towards close to you like this, okay. and you feel comfortable. Is that better? Yeah, that's okay. better. Oh, like they're perfect. Yeah. Um, so she took you back home. Yeah. And we were we were okay. I mean, we, we dealt with it. We didn't get to see our dad and didn't understand because we were so young. Okay. Why we didn't never get to see him again. And uh, my grandmother 
uh, well, hold on, let me back up a little bit. Once we got back, my mom was real protective of us. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the only people she let us around was like immediate family. Mm-hmm. And um, a family member actually molested me when I was eight years old. Okay. So, so, okay. So, so here you are, you're, uh, this is one of going to be one of those Daniel Thornton situations. Where it just progressively getting worse. And so, uh, you know what I mean? And I, I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself because I've thought about this before and I'm hearing you and I'm like, what are you going to say? I read your list and I'm like, you know, so, I mean, how are you? Okay. So what, what are you, how did you make it back then? Like what, what, what was, was it just life to you or, yeah. or was it, it was, did you cope? How did you cope with that? I was mean. Okay. I was very mean. I was a very angry child. Okay. Um, my brothers would always say, cause my brothers are real big. They're all mm-hmm. tall and, yeah. and big. And they were scared of me growing up because I was that mean. I would always yeah. beat them up because I was. You had so much pent up aggression yes. and stuff going yes. on. And, I didn't tell anybody about the abuse. The sexual was, abuse. Yeah, when I was younger. And uh, when I turned, well, I started smoking weed and I'd get in fights really bad in school. And, I mean, I was like the protector of all my friends. If somebody hurt them or whatever, I'd go beat them up because it released aggression for me. And then nobody hurt them. So it was it was bad though. My mom would always call me Rocky, yeah, because I was always fighting and and so the the molestation. I mean, um, how old were you when you were molested? You eight. were eight. Um, that that uh, you never told nobody about that. Later on, I did. Okay, later on, there was something done about it. Not legally. No. Okay. Okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah. But it was handled. Yeah. Um. Now. Uh, was this uh, molestation? Was it rape? It was molestation. Okay, and um, and uh, you know, because of that, you became very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know that's why you were being aggressive? Did you no. know you were being molested? Did you know? I I didn't know there was anything wrong with it. Okay, um, this person basically would take me everywhere with them would buy me candy all the time, would okay. buy me gifts all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was, everybody thought it was okay because I was the only girl. Okay. You know, so, oh, he's just being nice to her because she's uh-huh. the only girl. Okay. And, I mean, even bought me a pony. So, Ooh. I mean, to the point where it was yeah, like it was, uh, it was, big gifts okay. and, and stuff like that. And that was the norm, though, because I lived on a farm. You know, we okay. raised horses, we raised cows. We, okay. And then later on, whenever um, I started smoking weed and stuff like that, when I got into my teenage years. Okay. And uh, we had moved into town. We weren't on the farm anymore. And my mom and dad had actually gotten back together. And they were married to each other three times. So, and then to other people too. Okay. But they remarried when I was like 12. And uh, we moved to an apartment complex. And my brother also had an apartment there too. That's in Corpus still? No, over on oh, the south side. Okay, moved over here to San Antonio. Yeah, over on the south okay. side. Okay. And um, I was walking from my brother's apartment to our apartment, and I was pushed into a weight room and raped at 16. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, before, you, before you go in there, before you go there, Miss Ke- uh, Miss Candy, Um, like, okay, so 
I mean, so so you're being you're molested, you're dealing with the molestation, then you start doing drugs. Was the drug something you were looking for to escape? Forget what you're going through because mm-hmm. it's it's plaguing your mind. Mm-hmm. So even though I mean, uh, you know, it, it, so you're not dealing with this correctly as a child. You're not coping. You're just going through this molestation. It's not ending. Yeah. Um, you start doing drugs. You start becoming very aggressive, which are signs of, yeah. you know, what we know now are telltale signs of kids that are yeah. going are being oppressed like that. Um, and and so this goes on for how many years? The molestation. Uh, two years. And then that's so from age what to what? From eight to ten. To ten. And then from age ten to when you're going to talk about this rape, how was life like in between that? I was high all the time. Okay. I had my friends from school, and I would go with uh, my best friend, actually. I would go to her house all the time or to her dad's, Mm -hmm. and he was a biker. (laughs) So he always had weed and let us drink and do whatever we wanted while we were there. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's basically how I dealt with it. I didn't talk to anybody about it. I didn't. I didn't know what to say. I was embarrassed. But, you know, as you're doing drugs, as you're in high school. I hid it very well from my mom. My mom. <laughs> but as you're doing drugs and you're, and, you're, and you're dealing with it, you're hiding it, do you know that's what you're doing? No. Okay. You're just, it's just suppressed somewhere in the back of your head. Yeah. But you can identify now that what you were doing was yeah. trying to escape the reality of things you've encountered. Yeah. Things you've had to endure and stuff like yeah. that. Okay. And so then, so... um you know, your parent, your mom doesn't know about this. You're out there going to school. You're, you, you know, um, was your mom strict on you? I mean, because you're out there doing your thing. My mom worked three jobs okay. when her and my dad weren't together. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why Daniel and I actually understand each other a lot. My mom was a stripper. Okay. Um, I actually had pictures and was proud of it up until I got saved. Wow. You know, yeah, okay. of my mom, you know, because she was so pretty. Oh, wow. And that was the norm, though. I yeah. mean, I didn't think anything of it. Uh-huh. But she did that, and she also waitressed at two different places to support us until her and my dad got back together. Um, okay, and so then here you are. Um, I mean, is, 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 is it that you're running the streets, or is uh-huh. it just that you're just, you know, not really being supervised because your mom's working? Not being supervised. Okay, and so then... My brothers were my supervision, and they were <laughs> they were just as bad as I was. Okay, and so then one day you're walking around and something happens. Yeah, I went from one apartment to, to my parents' apartment, and you had to go through the pool area to get from one apartment to the other, and I was pushed into a weight room, and I was raped. Wow. And, um, sorry. Take your time. And it took me about a month to tell my mom what had happened. That's when I found out I was pregnant from the rape. Wow. And, uh. My dad, he was so, he thought I had done something wrong. And, uh. You're 16, right? Okay. Yeah. You have to understand, my dad was, the children are to be seen, not heard type, you know. And, uh, he didn't talk to me for like two weeks after he found out what had happened. 
and and I don't believe in abortion. No, I believe God put her there for a reason. No, and um, I was blessed with my daughter from that, and so you, so you were raped at sixteen. You became pregnant out of that rape, and I'm sure once people found out that about the rape, they were trying to. F- you know, Make convince me. you to abort, yeah. and you're like, no, like I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. You know? they and thought I was crazy because I wanted to to keep her. They're no. like, well, she's gonna be a constant reminder of what what happened, and no, she was still mine, yeah. regardless of what how she got there. She was still my blood, and I I couldn't do that. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> now I'm I'm gonna ask you a question. You don't have to answer this question if if it's too personal, if it's too hard to answer. Um, as you're going through this ordeal of, of, of rape, what's going through your mind? Survive. Okay. Cause, um, the man that, that raped me, he was, a he was really big and I was really small back then. And my brother's always taught me to be rough and tough and mean. And, but when you're put in that situation, you just want to survive. You just want to know that you're going to be okay afterwards. And that's all I could think was just to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, I just, I completely shut down. I didn't talk to anybody. My mom knew something was wrong, but she didn't know what. And finally I told her. What, what was her response, her initial response? <laughs> Candy Sue, what were you doing? And I said, I was just walking home. And once she realized that, you know, I didn't do anything wrong, yeah. I was just coming home. Yeah. She was there, and she she said, well, deal with it. And I said, well, I don't know what you mean by deal with it, but this is going to be my baby. So you, so when you told her that you had gotten raped, you told her also that you were pregnant at the same time? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's honestly the only reason I told my mom mm-hmm. is because I, I knew I was pregnant from it. Because I'd never done anything with anyone else. That's unbelievable. I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around the whole ordeal and my brain can't do it. Um, uh, my brothers went after him. <laughs> um, he was actually worked on the military base over there as a civilian. And uh, they had gotten some of his information. And I'll be honest, I didn't want to go to court. I was young and I was, I was so messed up at that point that... Um, I didn't think I could handle it because it was hard for my dad to even to even believe me on what had happened. He thought I was just, you know, some floozy out there and that wasn't the case. And my dad confronted the guy. Well, he literally hauled butt that night. He packed up clothes in a bag and was gone. Mm. And my brothers chased him as far as they could, as far as they could find him, and then they lost him. Oh. So that was the end of that. The only thing I know is the first name of the person. And and so the police never did nothing, never went to the police or? They never found him, like arrested wow. him. Okay. Because all I knew was the first name. Oh, wow. He was living there with someone else. Ah, uh, okay, okay. And so, okay, so now you're pregnant. Um, how are you processing this? You know, you're keeping the baby. How are you dealing, coping um, processing this pregnancy? I was concentrating on my daughter. Okay. I, I just focused on 
trying to make her life better than mine had been. Okay. okay. And you can identify at that age, 16, that you've had a pretty rough life, or was it kind of like, I just don't want her to go through what I I've been through? I just don't want her to go through what I've been through. Okay. Okay. And um, your mom, uh, support from her? My mom was very supportive. Okay. Very supportive. She was my best friend. Okay. And that was probably a lot of the problem, you know, yeah. with me growing up because I started drinking really bad. Uh-huh. Um, this was while you were pregnant or after? No, after. Okay. Afterwards, um, it became yeah kind of difficult because um, yeah. I'm as white as white can be. Yeah. And my daughter, um, the guy that raped me was Hispanic. Okay. And so I could tell when I looked at her that I could see him. Okay. And it was really hard at first. Yeah. Um. But the older she got, the more she was like me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she was ornery. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was really rough. And that's when I had started drinking really bad whenever, right after she was born. Okay. And it was to cope with that reality of yeah. my my daughter looks like my rapist? Yeah. So it was yeah. to cope with that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I can imagine how difficult it could be. I mean, I can, I can, I mean, it it, it would be difficult, you know. Um, uh, it, it, so in everything you've endured from small, young, you know, child to here now, um, a mom, single mom, you know, that you know was raped. Um, did Jesus factor into any of this? At that point, no. Okay. Um. <laughs> That was the farthest thing from my family, you know. It okay. was, they were always in the bars, always drinking. Okay. Um, I mean, my dad, DWIs, I mean, a lot of a lot of drinking. Okay. <laughs> we actually went out as a family to bars, to dance halls, and, you know, play pool, and you, you're being, that was you're the You're a kid, you're, yeah. you're a teenager or yeah. a kid, whatever, yeah. and that was your family outing, just go to the bar yeah. and we went play to the pool. dance hall, and, and we danced, and... Play pool, play darts. I mean, I was on a pool league by the time I was twenty. You know, really? Yeah. I mean, it just that's that the way life. it was. That's the way it was. So you're drinking heavily, dealing with the reality of your daughter, the rape. What does that drinking lead to? Um, <laughs> I actually ended up. I thought so low on myself. I. Who was going to want me, you know, knowing what had happened to me and what, what it went on. And uh, I ended up getting with my son's dad. Mm-hmm. We got married, and I had my son. And he was he was really abusive. Um, my mom actually hurt him because he never would keep a job. I mean, he'd always... <laughs> Worked for a little while and then quit. Worked for a little while and quit. And he had uh, quit his job again. And I was telling him, you know, we we can't do this. My mom and dad can't pay all of our bills all the time, you know. And he pushed me into the wall. And my mom heard him from the other room. And he came to walk out. And she took a frying pan and she smacked him in the head with it. And, you know, busted his head all open. I told him, you know, get out of here and don't ever come back. Well... That just started the harassment. Mm-hmm. He would, he put dead animals in my truck. He slashed my tires. He, um, I put restraining order on mm-hmm. him, but 
I lived in the country. So by the time the cops would get there, yeah, he'd the, be gone already. Those things never work. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he slashed five, five tires on my truck. I couldn't move it. Yeah. And he even got the spare. So yeah. I laugh at that song. I was like, that's the fifth. I was yeah, like, the, the fifth is a spare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, Cause I had a, you really thought about it. Yeah. I had a big four wheel drive truck. So, I mean, the spare is underneath. Yeah. Big old tire. And, uh, but yeah, it, he was really, really abusive though. He knocked my teeth out. Um, it's, but that's what I was used to seeing growing up. Yeah. So, so I put up with it for a long time and my mom told me that I didn't need to live that way anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's when I finally. This is Chance's death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, uh. He fought me for two and a half years. He didn't want a divorce because he didn't want to have to pay child support. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but a judge finally, um, finally gave me the divorce and everything. And I raised chance. I mean, his his dad didn't see him again until he was sixteen. Okay. So I raised him by myself. Okay. Um, not that I didn't want him in his life because it was yeah. still his dad. But yeah. you know, that's the type of person he was. If yeah. he couldn't have me, he didn't want to be around. Yeah. Um, where, I mean, uh, now at this point, where are your, uh, your parents at? They're just there or? Um, well, I lived with my parents off and on, Okay. off and on. Um, at that point I was living with my parents Okay. because he couldn't keep a job. Yeah. And then my mom started watching, uh, my kids while I was working at a loan company Okay. and, uh, going to school at night. I was going to school for a uh, paramedic. Okay. But then I ended up having a, a bad car accident, and the truck that he had slashed the tires on, I fl- almost flipped it. Oh, wow. And it fractured two spots on my spine. Oh, wow. And I was laid up for quite a while after that, but I couldn't lift anymore, so I wasn't in the fire department anymore after okay. that. Um, that was hard because that's what I plan on doing with my life sure. and the next thing you know yeah i can't do it anymore correct yeah i mean it just nothing seems to work out yeah so and then my mom being the person she was she's like you know you you don't need to be by yourself you have two kids you need to be married you need to have a family blah 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 i ended up marrying someone that i was in the fire department with and uh <laughs> i was just attracted to people that were Bad news, I guess. He seemed to be a nice guy and everything, but we weren't even together for or married for a year. And he had already, we were driving down the road arguing, and he's beating me the whole way, the whole way. And he fractured this eye socket and broke this arm. Wow. And I tried to pull the steering wheel to try and get away, and he recovered. He ended up dropping me off at my aunt's. At, it was like almost midnight, dumping me out of the car and took off. And by the time my aunt come out, um, tried to call the ambulance. They put me in the hospital mm-hmm. and uh, took him to jail. Okay, so you reported that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, okay, yeah, he went to jail. My uncle was ready to kill him because mm-hmm. he was in the fire department where we were all at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, they actually introduced me to him, so they were kind of, yeah. yeah. Turned out to be a really, really bad relationship. And uh, I started drinking again. I would quit 
and then I would start back, and then I would quit, and then I would start back. And your go-to was alcohol? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Did it ever progress beyond that? Yeah. Okay. Um, Actually, right after this, I started my own karaoke company. Okay. And so I was in the bars all the time, Uh, six nights a week. I was getting drunk, like, to the point where I was almost oblivious. Yeah. And that was a good time to me back then. Because I didn't think about anything. Yeah. You know, my kids were okay because my mom watched my kids while I was working. Mm -hmm. And I would go during the day and be with them during the day. And uh, I started doing cocaine really bad. Um, I mean, all the time. Um, It was my, I would get drunk and then I would do cocaine to sober up some. And then I would get drunk and then back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. Nobody even knew it, though. I mean, the people that I would hang around and all that, they didn't know I was doing dope. They just knew that I was drinking a lot. Mm-hmm. How and did you get hooked up with the dope? I mean, was it just from that life? People are just... From the bars. Okay. Yeah. So you just started buying dope off of them? And just, yep. Okay. Actually, uh, the guy that I ended up dating after um, after the my last marriage, he was actually a dealer. Mm. and he had quit dealing anything before we got together, but Mm -hmm. that's how we met. Okay. And uh, we were actually together for nine years. My mom passed away, and uh, she passed away suddenly. Of of old age or? Uh, She had heart problems like I do. Oh, okay. And um, she had small vessel diseases where the vessels in your heart are smaller than normal. Okay. They couldn't even put stents in her heart because Ah. they tried and— yeah. And she ended up dying from it. Okay. But um, she she passed away. She was only 57. I was only 32 when my mom died. And it hit me really, really hard. Yeah. And I started going to the doctor and everything for my back and all that. And they had me on so many pills, so many pills. I mean, I don't know how I was walking around. My husband was like, I don't know how you even open your eyes. Yeah. Because I was on, like, Eight narco a day. Um, they had me on uh, all kinds of nerve pills for my nerves. I'd go in and I'd get injections in the back of my head and my wow. spine. Um, and they diagnosed me with fibromyalgia and all this other yeah. stuff. But since I was saved and gave all that to God, I haven't had one problem with it. And you don't take the pills in the morning? Mm-mm, no. Really? The only thing I take now is the pills for my heart, for my oh, blood okay. pressure. That's it. Wow, praise God. Yeah. And so, okay, so, I mean, you're, um, you know, you're on cocaine. I mean, what what's the progression from there to where you find Jesus or how does, I mean, how old are you here and then moving well, forward? Well, I was 32 okay. uh, whenever my mom died, and I started trying to get my life straight because mm. my mom wasn't there anymore to help me with my kids, and I wanted my kids to know that mom was better. Well, for years, I did okay. I just took the pills all the time, but it was making me sick. But I worked nonstop. I mean, I'd go to work at 6 in the morning, and I wouldn't get home until 9, 10 o'clock at night. This sometimes. is a karaoke job? Mm-mm. No, I started, I quit doing the karaoke after my mom died. Okay. Um, I actually sold it to help pay for her funeral. Oh, wow. Because um, it was unexpected. My mom didn't no. have life insurance or anything. Um, but... <laughs> It was, Mike had uh, 
quit drinking. But then he started drinking again. And when he started drinking again, he started getting abusive. Okay. And that's when I was like, I've had enough. I'm I'm so done with just all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I was waiting on my apartment when Daniel <laughs> had actually um, got a hold of me when he had hurt his back. Okay. And, and you had already previously have known him from. Yeah. Because I'd, he shared, I guess he shared that part. Yeah. About when he used to live over here and yeah. he met I you. I had moved my daughter because uh, my daughter was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Okay. And I was I couldn't have her and my son in the same household mm-hmm. because she had already tried hurting him. Okay. Previous. So I rented my daughter an apartment down there at Falcon Ridge okay. and uh, I paid the bills mm-hmm. and all that there for her and then I paid my own bills too. Okay. Man. So, okay. Mm-hmm. And so and so then. You're trying to get this apartment. Uh, yeah, I was trying to get an apartment because I, when I put something in my head that I'm done, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I left with nowhere to go with nothing, you know. Yeah. I left literally the clothes on my back and that yeah. was it. And and so, and then so Daniel calls you. Yeah, husband. he's like, hey, you know, what are you, what are you doing? I was at work and uh, started hanging out with him after work because I didn't have, any support, I guess, yeah. because when I left Mike, um, my family thought I was nuts because they didn't know what was going on. I didn't tell them anything. I was very private mm-hmm. with that kind of thing because I was ashamed. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean everything you've been through would only serve to make you an introvert. I mean, yeah. you know, you don't trust people. You you know, yeah, you can't <laughs> trust people. Everything you've been through, you can't even trust your own family. Yeah. So uh, it only it only sounds correct that you you know you. you very isolated. Yeah, it took a while, even when Daniel and I started dating, because we knew each other for like two and a half years. I mean, mm-hmm. but I was with somebody, and he we just said hi back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever Mike and I split up, he just tried to keep people away from me, mm-hmm. you know, because he's like, you know, you're a single woman. They're going to be trying to hit on you. They're going to be trying to mess with you. And actually, his brother, um, I had rented the apartment that I moved into that he eventually moved in with me, and his brother texted me this message, you know, I'm going to break in and rape you in your sleep. And I kind of, I turned the phone around to him. I said, look at what your brother is. His brother is just as messed up as his dad is. Mm -hmm. That's why we don't talk to his family. Mm -hmm. And uh, he wouldn't have believed it if he hadn't seen the message. Yeah, He's like, that is, what, why did he text you something like that? I said, I don't know. I don't know why he did, but I don't like it. Yeah. And uh, shortly after that's when Daniel and Ryan moved in with me. Okay. Um, it was just going to be a roommate thing. It wasn't going to be yeah anything else. And two months later, we were married. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, at least you got married. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny because when my brother, my brother came over and uh, I told him, hey, I got married. He's like, oh, you and Mike got married? I was like, no. He looks at me because Mike and I were together for nine yeah. years. Yeah. And he's like, what? I said, it's not Mike. I said, this is my husband, Daniel. He's like, where did he come from? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but it was one of those when I knew it was right with Daniel. So so was everything, so, you know, you're done with all the abuse, blah, blah, blah. It was different with Daniel? At first. <laughs> at first. And then uh, <clears throat> when I quit taking all my pills and mm-hmm. going to the doctor for all my, my back issues, mm-hmm. I started doing meth. Okay. Mm. And 
That's when we moved in with my brother and tried to get ourselves straight. Mm -hmm. As soon as we got our own place, we started doing meth again. It was one of those that it was too, I don't know, it was too easy to get. Yeah. And that's when he started having issues and started getting a little bit abusive, not to the point where he was hitting me or anything like that. But he would get handsy. And, of course, I'm a big mouth when I'm doing yeah. drugs. And I'm like, yeah. you know, you ain't going to push me around. I've already yeah. been pushed around enough. Yeah. And then he pulled a gun and shot it off. Not at me. Shot it off, but trying to scare me. Oh, okay. The, that same one that he tried to commit suicide with? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was a better shot with it, by the way. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, the, so you're arguing... And he's mad, you're mad, you're going back and forth, and, you know, I guess he, he, you know, in his anger, he just grabbed the gun and just shot it? He just popped off in the air. Okay. And and what did you do at that point? (laughs) I said some words that I can't repeat. Okay. And uh, called the cops. Oh, okay. That's when they came busting in on him and took him down. That's the one where he doesn't remember? Yeah. I remember very well. You know, I saw you when he was saying that, and he was, I don't remember nothing. I don't even know how we paid our bills. You were like this. Oh, that is so crazy because there's always that other side mm-hmm. that no one knows. And here, I mean, it just goes to prove that so well because he's like, I was cracked out on flack and was? math and everything. I have no idea. I don't remember the cops getting me. And yet there's this life being lived. Mm-hmm. He is in this oblivion. Mm-hmm. And there's this life that's being lived, and his life is being maintained by this other life that he has no clue even exists. He was so out of it that half the time he didn't know what day it was. How was it living with someone like that? I mean, d- detail that. I was just as high as he was, but he was having other issues. It wasn't just him being high. Mm-hmm. So he had the, all these voices and stuff paranoia all that stuff and me i was the social butterfly i wanted to be out and about and um i was fixing my furniture and selling it so that we could pay our bills yeah but he would get angry because i wasn't there and then he would get angry at me when i was there so it was just the drugs were just that bad i mean like he said he probably he had no clue he was no clue no clue and when we finally did it was a, a blessing when he got arrested in Arlington mm-hmm. because we were forced to come back because we were trying to run away from things. You can't run away from drugs. You can't run away from abuse. You can't run away from you. You. You're you. Yeah, you're, you're going to be in your own skin. Yeah. The only thing that saved my husband and myself is God. Wow. Because I should have been dead a long time ago. Yeah. Right after... Right after he was arrested and all that, I had finally came to a point before we went to Arlington that I had had enough. Yeah. And I took 75 Benadryl. Wow. And I flatlined. Wow. In front of my husband at the hospital, and they had to bring me back. Wow. I didn't want to be here anymore. I didn't want to. Was that the sentiment after they brought you back to? At first, at first, yeah. I was like, "Why didn't y'all just let me die?" So you actually died. I died. I flat. Why did you, you? You were like, "Why didn't you just leave me dead?" Yeah. 
So you flatlined, you died, you oh, you succeeded, and they brought you back, and you're like, what the heck? Yeah. So what, what was your thought was you're coming back? Because my kids weren't talking to me. Because they knew how messed up I was. Yeah. And I don't blame them. No. You know, you're supposed to be there for your kids and show them a good example. Yeah, and they're seeing you on meth. They're yeah. seeing you all cracked out. Yeah. And, and Wow. That's why... I try to get my kids to come to church with me and everything. And let me tell you, they, they know. You want them to see that it's different for real. Yeah. Oh, they they know. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. They, they'll call me. Oh, Mom, I'm sorry. I forgot your church. You know, they may not want to come with me. Yeah. Because they're still on the fence on what they believe. Yeah. But they know what God has done for me. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. they know I would never, ever, ever go back to that. Yeah. Ever. Because I should be dead. Yeah. So, so I mean, you know, you're you're you brought you get brought back. You, are you upset that you got brought back? I was mad. I was mad. He was there when they brought you back. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was mad at him because he didn't let me die. And do you remember that, like that whole uh, scenario, like clearly, like is it was it mm -mm. a no? I remember. As far as like a light or a voice or anything, I don't remember all of that. I remember. Getting really tired. And I remember him crying. And. As you're dying. And telling me to just hold on. They're almost here. They're almost here. So you're dying. He's crying. You're seeing this happen. You're you're remembering this. Yes. Okay. And. Uh, I just remember being really tired. And. The next thing I know. I'm awake and the doctors are all around me and he's. Kissing me on the head and uh, telling me not to leave him. Don't do that to him. And I told him at that point, I told him things have got to change. Yeah. Because we had already been back and forth mm -hmm. so much with his dad and mm -hmm. with everything. And it's it was really, really hard to deal with all that mm -hmm. and I told him that if that's the way things were going to be I'd rather not be here anymore mm -hmm. and I knew I couldn't leave him because I loved him so much even though we had been through so much <laughs> he was the only one that ever tried to to live a good life with me after after he went to jail that was the best time because he was clean I was clean and while he was in jail I proved to him that I didn't need all that anymore mm -hmm. and I wasn't ever going to go back to it again how did you do that I came here Okay. my brother told me that there was a because I was living with my daughter so right that here. that's the place that's okay so all everything you're seeing here that's where we met mm -hmm. at that place over there yep. wow i didn't know that yep. yep wow i told my daughter that i wanted to start going to church again and cuz that was the only time that daniel and i actually felt sane was when we were going to church with my brother mm -hmm. and uh, my brother told me that there was a church here mm. and it was that Sunday mm -hmm. I came over here with my daughter, mm -hmm. and yeah. I just continued coming. 
And how did you know you just heard the noise at the Healing Crusade? Uh, oh, no, no, or did you come before that? I came here oh, before that. You, yes, okay, you came here before that. I brought that. him to the Healing Crusade. To the Healing Crusade, I remember that, okay. So Wow. Yep. I mean, that's just uh, kind of, you know, it's it's to hear it in story form and then, you know, see how it all it all plays out in God's uh, in God's orchestration. Yeah. So that was here in uh, UC, got an issue with your brother, and you said that was Pastor Gordon? Um, It was Pastor Gordon when we first started going to church okay. but we backslid okay so pastor gordon's in the south side he, her brother he goes to that church over there yeah. and he took them into his house and took them to church with him yeah. to gordon's church but we were only there at his house for it was less than a month because i we, went back to math and then we got our own place it was too soon for us to mm-hmm. to yeah. move away yeah okay. and we backslid Back. So ended up over here. You found this church. You were ready. You came. You answered the altar call, and you just and that was it. Nonstop, you made a decision. And yes. So, oh, wow. so Candy, I mean, so when you're at the hospital and you're back, you know, they saved you. Uh, what happens from there? You go home. Yeah. Well, at that time, uh, I went back to the car because we didn't have a home. Okay, so y'all were homeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. we were just living in the van. Okay, so you're back at the car. Detail that. I mean, now your we, life, you're back at the car. You and Daniel are sitting in the car. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> at that point is when we went to Arlington. Okay. And it was, what, we were there in Arlington for like two two months, I think. Okay. And then they we were asleep in the van, and that's when they pulled the cops pulled it behind us and ran ah. the plates. Man, and the story just keeps getting yeah. connected. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay. And that's when we ended up coming back here, but... That's it's kind of funny when I was on my way back here. They told me they were taking him to San Antonio, and I said, "Okay, well, I don't know how I'm going to get back to San Antonio." The van was running, you know, really weird. Ended up blowing up on me on the way back. I was in Burleson, Texas. That's where Daniel said the the, the car the caught on fire. Yeah. yeah, blew up. Got yeah. On fire. Okay. Well, I was in Burleson, Texas, and the van blew up. It just ceased. Wouldn't start. Nothing would turn over. Nothing, and. That's where I sat there. You asked if I had ever thought about God or anything like that. I sat there on the side of the road, and I put my hands over my face, and I just screamed, God, I cannot do this anymore. I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know what you want from me, mm-hmm. but I can't do this anymore. I can't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even 30 minutes later. This woman stops, and she tells me that she was coming from uh, from her church and saw me on the side of the road, didn't want me there by myself. Mm-hmm. And me, I don't trust anybody, so I'm like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. You know, I'm hard-headed. She leaves, and then it wasn't even 10 minutes later, this other couple pulls in, said they had just came from church. Mm. And I'm like, what church do y'all go to? You know, and they said the the church around the corner. And I said, well, I don't know what you want from me, but I don't have any money, and I don't know what, you know, I was very defensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the gentleman said, look, we're going to get you a hotel. We're going to pay for it, and they're going to give you the key. Tomorrow morning, if you're still stuck here and you don't have anywhere to go, we'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, what do these people want from me? You know, I'm a single white girl. Over mm-hmm. on the side of the road by mm-hmm. myself, and, you know, they're going to do something mm-hmm. strange to me. No, yep. they literally took me over there, 
paid for the room and left. They didn't even stay while they gave me the key or anything. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, I called him and I said, "Look, I said I don't know. I don't know you and your wife from Adam. I said, but I'm. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. Mm-hmm. I have no family here. I have. I don't know anyone here. My car won't move. My husband's in jail." And I just, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman told me, God told me to stop mm-hmm. and take you home. So I'm going to take you home. Mm. And I'm like, you do realize I my kids are in Universal City, which is like right by San Antonio. He said, I don't care. I would not feel right. God is telling me, God is mo- telling me to move to take you home. Wow. This is where you need to be. So he called my daughter from his phone, made sure it was okay for him to bring me. And because my daughter and I still weren't really on good talking terms. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, bring my mama home. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, I was there with them. And they literally brought me home and gave me money, gave me $40 and said, please just take care of yourself. And that's when they brought you home and they were staying here. You were mm-hmm. staying there. Yep. I remember that, mm-hmm. that you would, you would, mm-hmm. and then eventually when, when Daniel got out of jail and then later on you were like, we're going to get a place and yep. you moved over here. Yep. I remember that. Okay. So then you're back here now with your daughter mm-hmm. and. I started coming here. Okay. You never saw them again, ever heard from them. It was just, they, they did that and they were. When he got out of jail and got his job, um, he called the man and thanked the man. For taking care of his family when he couldn't. Wow. And the guy said, just do something good with your life. Wow. That's what he told Daniel. Praise God. Yep. And so you lived there with your kids up until that day that we met at the Healing Crusade. Mm-hmm. He had just gotten out of jail. Mm, no, he, st- he stayed there with us. Uh, okay. It was for like, what, a month after you got out of jail? Yeah. But we didn't get our, our place over there until okay. yeah, a few till, months. Yeah. A few months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I remember that. But yeah. He yeah. made you, I literally made him go the day after he got out of jail. We Correct. Went to the <laughs> yeah. That's what I remember. Yeah. And, uh, and then y'all just kept coming and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and so, I mean, uh, you know, the, 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 the journey from there to here, I mean, you know, you can see God was involved, obviously, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's, 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 you know, there's it's, no way to describe it, it's hard, what happened. It's hard to put in words because I'm listening. I'm thinking about everything Daniel said in his episode. I'm listening to everything you said. And I mean, in, in all the disruption and the craziness of, Two random lives in, mm-hmm. you know, in how in God's sovereignty get brought together, you know. And any other time, we wouldn't have met. Yeah. I literally, I was supposed to move my daughter into a different apartment complex. And I had already put the deposit down and everything for her. The apartment caught fire the night before. Wow. She was supposed to, I was supposed to get the keys. So I literally moved her into that apartment, like on the spur of the moment thing. Of course, it would catch on fire. Else. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it wasn't that the plumbing didn't work. Yeah, it no, caught on it fire. Caught, the apartment next door yeah. caught on fire and it flooded the whole apartment next door. I was like, 
okay. it's almost like God was like, you know, if we understand, yeah, it's almost like with fire. It's like you're going this way. God's like no. God's like no. And then you're going this. God's like no. You're going this. God's like no. Go this way. You know, it gives you no choice but to end up here. Yeah. Wow. It it literally worked out that way. I just I tell people all the time. Unless you actually go through this stuff, yeah, it's. I never, ever, ever thought that I would live through all of it. Yeah, because it got to the point where it was so bad, I would have rather been dead. Yeah, and finally, and you achieved it, and mm-hmm. God brought you back. Yeah, like no, it ain't happening. And you know, then you have someone like your husband who. So bad, you'd rather be dead, and you try and get this now. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, you know, and I mean, to, to th- and you think about this, and I'm like, you know, if if someone was to tell you, Candy, and I'm going to ask Daniel this too, but if someone was to ask you, like, everything you've been through to where you're at today, would you have it, would you have done, would, you know, I guess how would I have done it again? any other way, or would you... That's what made that's what made me who I am today. Okay. And if by me going through the things that I've been through can help people, yeah. I'm willing to talk to anyone. Yeah. I'm willing to help anyone. I mean, and I guess I don't know if this is the correct verbiage. Do you look back and you say it was worth it? Because it led me here. Yeah. And now I can offer real help to people. Believe it or not, yeah. Because I'm not saying like... No, everything happens for a reason, and yeah. I, I've always believed that. Even yeah. when I didn't know what path I was going to take, or or I've always believed that I had a purpose. I just didn't know it was this. Uh, and let me ask you this, Kenny. And I mean, where you and your husband are right now... Better than ever. Which I agree, but here's my question. Do you believe that God has even more for you? I do. For you and your husband I to do. do? Okay. I do. I believe that. And another is I believe that Ryan has a, a big spot in it later too. Okay. Because that boy's going through so much. It, it's almost like it's almost like this generational dynamic mm. on your behalf, on his behalf, and Ryan, you know, fit into that curse. Mm-hmm. The generational curse yep. of drama and hardship. Yep. And he's living through the same exact almost not the same exact situations, but the same kind of trial of hardship, mm-hmm. you know, that led y'all to eventually one day be like Jesus. Yeah. And God does a miracle. And yeah. it's almost like it's just a matter of time. I don't see how once people have experienced Jesus the way I have now. Yeah. How they could ever go back. Yeah. I, I don't. It, but I mean, I guess, I guess. In, 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 a, in a balanced way of saying it too, Candy, is, but y'all have been through some extreme stuff, man. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people have been through stuff. like I don't think people can even come close. I would hope not. But that's what I'm, my point is, my point is, not too many people can survive what y'all have been through. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So for you to encounter Jesus and be like, praise God, and take it all and do something with it, but y'all have been through the worst of the worst of the darkest of darkest things that even some of the worst testimonies in the world don't compare. But if I could make it through it. Yeah. And end up on top. Yeah. So can other people. Yeah. So, so I guess. I'm not Wonder Woman, so. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. Yeah. Um. Uh. I mean. Uh. You know, someone, a young lady, stuck right smack in the middle, like I told Daniel, where you're at, right? Where you know where you were at one time. Uh. And she's at that point. What would you say to her? Don't give up. Because there is better days yeah. coming. Uh, you know, and 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 when you were at that point in that in that van saying, "Jesus, I can't do this," did you really know you were talking to him, or was it more of an expression? No, I I believed in God. I've always believed okay. in God. I just didn't have that go to church all the time, and I I I didn't have that growing up. But, but I did believe in God did that you, there was oh, a God. Did you know? And I mean, I guess uh, I'm not trying to be petty, but. Did you know he was listening? Like, did you know when he said that, that he was going to actually listen? No, but I was hoping. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I didn't expect to hear a voice back. Yeah. But I I just, it was like natural for me to do for some yeah. reason. I, I had tried everything else. It, it is, and it's so crazy because you're saying, you know, how he cried out, and then this lady shows up, and then this guy. It's almost like when you cried out, because has been waiting all along. Yeah, like about finally, time, lady. You finally cried out, guys. like, oh, here, yeah. let me send the first one. And then you're like, nah. And it goes, well, let me send another one, because I've been waiting for this. You know what I mean? And I'm one of those that will not get in a vehicle with somebody. I mean, hello. I was yeah. raped. I was molested. I, I just, I'm not a trusting person. Yeah. yeah. And I literally got into a vehicle with this couple you know, in a totally strange town. Yeah. I didn't know going to a hotel. Yeah. I mean, that's just like asking for, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah, it's like but, asking for, yeah. But God made sure I was okay. And I literally got a first good night's sleep that I had had in quite some time. Wow. Yep. The next day they brought me all the way here. Praise God. Yep. And that was, what year was this? Uh, when they brought you over 2017. Here. Okay. Yeah. The same year I started coming. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, praise God. Well, I mean, it's it, it's it's uh it's a great privilege to have you in our church, Miss Kennedy. Like I told your husband, this is my church family. Blessing, I love everybody here. Praise God, man. everyone. And, and we love y'all too. And <laughs> and we're we're blessed to have you. Um, is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap it up? Is there anything else? I just like to to thank you and the church all of you guys for being there for us because without the right support system and most times people don't have a family that have yeah. that support. You need a church family to be there to pick you up when you fall down or to just to have a voice that cares. Yeah, It means the world. And cool. if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have made it. Awesome. Well, we're blessed, and it's been a privilege. And so um, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. And like I said during Daniel's episode, um, Mr. Thornton's episode, that this was going to be powerful. Uh, it was, and I pray that God you know, impacts lives. And like I said before, if there's anyone you know, you want to come meet these people in person, you know, uh, come meet them in person. We actually, uh, uh, you know, I you know, I don't hope they don't mind me sharing, but we have a person in the church that saw our podcast was was so uh, uh, impacted by it that started coming to church because of the podcast. Praise and God. and 
if 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 that's what it does, that's what we're hoping for is that it impacts people's lives, that there is hope in Jesus and 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 benefit from it. Come to church. Uh, the Potter's House Christian Church in Universal City. Let us know, call us up, messages, comment, whatever it is, so we can help that loved one of yours, that person you know, and we'll do whatever it takes to make sure that they make it and that their lives get help. And so thank you, Candy, for joining us today. And we're signing off. Uh, Luis Perez, aka Wicho Breach. <laughs> That demon killer, aka Scarecrow, with my co-host Jesse, uh, just, just Jesse, Jesse. <laughs> just Jesse, and uh, and uh, Casey. Case is not fired, mm-hmm. uh, but our our favorite repre- our favorite Tennessee representative will be back on the next podcast, and we'll catch you then. All right, check out Daters, man. Music. Yeah.